0: If you'd like to turn to John 15, we're going to be reading John fifteen nine through 17. I'll, uh, I'll pray for us and then we'll read and we'll, we'll look into God's Word. So please bow your heads with me as we pray. But Father, preparing for this morning, it was the, the thought... Uh, like the song said, that, that, what, what can we give to you, God, because you're of infinite worth? Um, God, is the, the cry of our heart to know you. Uh, we, we were created with a, a need uh, to know you. And I pray, Father, that, that there would be nothing standing in the way this morning of of us hearing true words about you. Um, us just falling in love with you. God I pray that if there's anything in our hearts that we need to to work through or just give up um, anything stands in the way. God that you would you would speak clearly to us and we would be freed from that. Um, so we can see Jesus and who He truly is. God, we pray this in your name. Uh, amen. amen. okay. If you'd like to stand with me, please, as we read. This is in the NLT. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because masters don't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for, using my name. This is my command, love each other. You may be seated. Sort of an aerobic exercise, keeps you awake. (laughs) So... um. When I was a freshman in college, which was not too long ago, I, a song came out, and this is how it went. What's wrong with the world, mama? People living like ain't got no mamas. I think the whole world's addicted to the drama. Uh, this is serious. Only attracted to things that will bring you trauma. Overseas, yeah, we try to stop terrorism, but we still got terrorists here living in this USA, the big CIA, the Bloods and the Crips and the KKK. If you only have love for your own race, then you leave, only leave room to discriminate. And to discriminate only generates hate. And when you hate, then you're bound to get irate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Madness is what you demonstrate, and that's exactly how anger works and operates. Man, you got to have love just to set it straight. Take control of your mind and meditate. Let your soul gravitate to love, y'all. (laughs) Y'all. And then the last verse goes like this. I feel the weight of the world on my shoulder as I'm getting older, y'all, people getting colder. Most of us only care about money-making. Selfishness got us following our wrong direction. Wrong information always shown by the media. Negative images is the main criteria. Infecting young minds faster than bacteria. Kids want to act like what they see in the cinema. Yo, whatever happened to the values of humanity? Whatever happened to the fairness and equality? Instead, in spreading love, we spread an animosity. Lack of understanding, leaving lives away from unity. That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling under. That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling down. There's no wonder why sometimes I'm feeling under. Got to keep my faith alive till love is found. And the chorus, which I'm sure you'll be familiar with if you watch the Super Bowl. People killing, people dying. Children hurt and hear them crying. Can you practice what you preach? And would you turn the other cheek and then in a prayer, Father, 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 help us. Send us some guidance from above because people got me questioning, where is the love? Right, and so that's. I think it's truthfully, it's a very good song. Um, it's by Black Eyed Peas. And that's the question. So we come to this morning. Uh, where's the love? And it's a question. I think that it's a really good question to ask. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna be talking about this today. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And uh, and so this is my third time talking about love to you guys. <laughs> Met of a few weeks after doing the wedding, and then Ruth 3, and now love. So, um, as we approach love in our culture, and you hear from this song, uh, it's difficult, and, and truthfully, and I, and I don't just say this because I'm in front of you, but, but genuinely, it scares me a little bit, because because if you think about something being firm, and we talk about pillars, right, convictions there's i don't know where we find convictions anymore for our culture and uh, and i say this because i being raised as much as i was raised by loving parents you you can't help but sort of be raised by the culture you're in also um and and so inheriting because of the way the, the world i lived in or grew up in um this this lack of foundation in some way of, so where do, where do, we, where do we go? Where are our convictions? what are the pillars that no matter what happens, no matter what, I'll let them pass, I see you all watching them. <laughs> so no matter, no matter what happens, no matter what wind blows or waves rise, that this pillar will stand immovable. And love isn't one of them for us, in our, in our culture. It, it really isn't. Um, and I don't, I don't just find this because of what I see, but, but truthfully, it's because of what I find in my own heart. You know, the question, where is the love? And there was, a, there was basically a newspaper article back in the 50s that asked the same question. And G.K. Chesterton, a famous playwright and author, he wrote, he wrote an editorial back, um, a letter to the editor, and it said, I am sincerely G.K. Chesterton, What's, what's the matter with the world? I am. Right? And I think... And that's what I, how I have to approach it because when I come before you, I don't, I don't come before you saying, well, I have these pillars and convictions in my own life that I just... I've inherently had. Um, which I think people assume sometimes when they, when they see me or when they know me and maybe wrongly uh, that I just have inherently convictions of what love should be that are good. And I think this is what Paul saw, too, in Romans 9, or Romans 7, we see this, where Paul says, he says, the trouble is with me, for I am too human, I'm a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself for what I do, um, I don't want to do. Right? That's, that's basically where I am, and I think that's, that's where, where we stand as a people, is we have to really ask, um, where, where is the love? Because it's not that I just don't see it. But I think it would be false to say that then I look within and I find beautiful things. (laughs) Maybe some of you are like that, but I'd be very skeptical if you told me you were. So we have, in popular culture, this idea of love. If you ask somebody, well, what is love? They'd probably tell you this. Well, it's love, right? (laughs) That's all you need. (laughs) Beatles, all you need is love. And that's what we assume. And, so, and even, even if you ask somebody who's a, a Christian, if ask most of you, well, well what, what do you need? What really do you need? They'd probably say the same thing, right? All you need is love. <laughs> right? And maybe if they watched Mulan Rouge too many times, they'd start singing to you. Right? All you need is love. And <laughs> it's sort of become this anthem for our culture. But we really have to ask, not only where is the love, but what does it mean? Right? What, what does love mean? Because we can't keep assuming that we know what it means. Right? And if everyone just happened to do what we don't really know what it means, then everything would be better. Right? And that's sort of what we assume. Because everyone's like, well, you just know. Like, be nice. Right? Be kind. Be gentle. Right? You know, pat kids and dogs on the head. Right? That's, that's to be loving. Boom. Well, um, I think it's, uh, it springs a lot from our, our naivety of, of the human nature. Um, and, and because we're constantly asking people to do something that they cannot inherently do. Right? So what, what is the song saying? What is that song saying? And, and what do we usually ask people to do? Well, just be loving. You know, it's like we're shaking them violently. <laughs> just be loving. If you were just loving, the whole world would be a lot better. Right? And so, so, we're putting these standards on people. Well, if you were just, if that person who, who did this at this place, you know, shot up this school, or, you know, or punched little children, or, or whatever they did, we were like, well, if they were just loving then, right? And then we can just look at ourselves and be like, well, if we were just loving every day, and we just set these standards for ourselves, and we all wrote out really fancy sayings about what we were going to do, and, and what love was going to be, right? It wouldn't work. Because, because we keep holding people to standards that they cannot keep themselves right and you know that because you cannot right and Jesus understood this in John 2:24 it says but people didn't trust but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew human nature no one needed to tell him what mankind was really like so Jesus wasn't given over to this naivety of like well, I'm just going to come and, and what people usually think Jesus was saying, you know, well, Jesus was just telling people to love each other. And we're going to find it's not just what people, Jesus was telling people to do. Right? Our culture, um, and I think this shows uh, a little bit of the lack of definition of, uh, if you walk into Cold Stone Ice Cream, right, and you want to buy ice cream what do you have to tell them? Whether you like it, love it, or gotta have it. Right? And that all kind of means the same thing to me. Right? But it shows really the ambiguity of the culture. is like, well, like it, love it, gotta have it. Right? That's sort of how we function. Even when we say, like, I love something, well, it's like, well, how, do you, how much do you love something? Right? Do you like it? Do you love it? Do you gotta have it? Well, if you've got to have it, then you really love it, but then you just love it, right? So it's really confusing, right? Even if you go in Cold Stone. <clears throat> and so this is what we find in John 15, and I hope as we unpack this, you guys will finally find a foundation to stand on and say, okay, this is what love is. So I want you guys to leave saying, okay, I'm, I, know, I know what it means when, I'm, when I tell someone I love them, or... Um, when I say I want to be loved. right? Or when I say the world would be a lot better place if people loved each other. Well, what does that mean? So it starts out by saying, I have loved you. This is what Jesus says. I have loved you e- even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Right? Remain. Remain in my love. And this is, this is what's beautiful. is Jesus first gives us a place to start from. Remain in my love. This word remain, it, it, literally it's, it's abide, and abide can be taken a few different ways. One is just, like if you abide in a home, right? I'm here. This is, this is my location. And it's, it's beautiful for people who feel very lost, right? For Jesus to finally say, this is the place to start from. Okay, so when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and you say, I just don't know how I can do that, God. Or when he says, love your neighbor as yourself, and you're like, well, you haven't met my neighbors. (laughs) Right? What is Jesus saying? Well, first, remain in my love. Right? This is the place that you're starting from, is making your home with Jesus. Okay? Second way you can take the word of God is to wait, right? And I think, I think we're so quick to, to constantly be like, okay, well, I'm... Okay, I'm here with you, Jesus, but now, boom, like, I need to go out and do your work. But this remain is a constant remain. Constantly abide in the love of Christ. This is the only place you should be, right? In reference to love, is within the love of Christ. So, when you're asked to love someone else, that's not the first thing that's being asked of you. The first thing that's being asked of you is for you to be found in Christ and in His love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Love comes from God Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, for God is love. And, and this is important because we find now where the, this axis, where everything truly loving, what, what C.S. Lewis calls love itself, comes from the fount of love itself, is where? Is God. God is love. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. <clears throat> so, we've, uh, we've actually gone over this recently, if you don't remember, and this was in Ruth. Right? It's Ruth, who is this, this Moabite, and if you, if you remember the story that went through, Ruth was a, a reject, basically. The Moabite people were uh, were just seen as, as not being acceptable, really, in, in the sight of Israelites. And then Ruth comes back hoping that she'll be accepted, not by the people, but by the God of Israel. Right? She knew the people of Israel probably wouldn't accept her. And so she goes back, and this is the way Boaz describes her. He says, May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have taken refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. And this is what it means to remain in the love of God. So Ruth enters. Why? Because she heard the call of Jesus... Thousands of years in advance, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary. Right? If you're burdened, don't stay in that place you are. You won't be able to love in that place you are. Right? I'm not expecting you to. right? But come in. Come under the refuge. Come under the, the shadow of my wing, is what, what God is calling you to do. Remain. Be in my love. And then start from there. Psalm 46 beautifully says this. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble, so we will not fear when earthquakes come and mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam, let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. And it goes on to say what? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. God is within her. She will not fall. Why? Because because where she is, where you are being called to be, is within the love of God. Not on the outside. If If you're dancing on the outside of the love of God... You can't expect that protection. You can't expect, Psalm 23, you're kept to overflow, right? And to be able to love like you're called to love. (coughs) So what this leads us to, so the first point is remain. I should have told you that. Remain in the love of God. The second is joy, as we see here. It says, I have told you these things so that your joy, uh, so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Um, and this, this is really cool. In, in Psalm 32, it says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt. It says, And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Right? And so, Jesus doesn't just be like, Come in, and then you can just remain who you are. Jesus is saying, come in, and I will will literally, I'll wash you. I'll make you clean. Um, And so the joy comes from there. And and it's not, it's not this sort of happy, clappy, fabricated joy that I just as much as anyone else despise when I see it, right? I'm really skeptical of, right? And that's why a lot of people don't, Go to church is because I think they go, and rather than, than feeling like, okay, I'm understood for who I am, and I'm loved, and Jesus is talking to me, and Jesus is saying, okay, you, you come to me, I love you, and I, I want, I want you to be sheltered in my wing, and not to remain dirty, but I'm going to clean you, and I want to do that. Usually, they go in, I think, and it's like this. Sometimes you can go and it's just like, okay, be happy now, you know, we're in church, woo, you know. And so, and, and a lot of things can be done to maybe try to make us feel energized. But this is not the kind of joy God is calling you to. The, the substantial joy that is brought by Jesus Christ is a joy that comes because you don't have to put on a front anymore. Right? Because you can actually be, like, be, a, be known... And then within that, it's, an, it's a joy that actually allows you to be who you were created to be. Um, it's, it's not you trying to, to come in and then, and then try to be joyful, but it's God actually healing you to the point that, that you can experience joy. Where? This brings us back to the beginning within the love of God. <laughs> so Jesus doesn't... And, and this is important to know that... it's not, but This is the way we treat it. Um, it's that God created the world, and then the first thing he said was, don't touch. Right? So God creates the world, and he's like, okay, I know it's great, but... T- don't touch this, you know? Like... <laughs> And right? that's what we treat in the church, even with like Adam and Eve, right? It's like God created Eve and he's like, Adam, don't touch. Right? It's not what happened. Right? So he, he heals it's funny, but that's the way we do it, right? Because because within our own injury, that's the way we try to experience things, right? But, well if I don't touch these things, then then maybe then maybe I'll be able to experience joy somehow, right? Maybe, maybe I'll just feel protected or feel in the place that I can, I can actually begin to experience joy again. But that's not what God does. God, God created the world and everything in it and you can walk outside and be like, this world is freaking awesome. right? I love it. I want to go rock climbing. right?" And God's like, that's good. That's good. And so within, within the love of God, right, He is protecting you and He's healing you and and he wants you to feel safe, right? Come to me, all you are weary, and he wants you to feel safe, and then from that, he wants you to begin experiencing joy—a safe joy, right? Because because you're known and you're not judged. But the reason why um, why I think this this goes wrong so often is because we really confuse. Uh, our, our natural cravings and, and the extent to which they can um, they can satisfy us, and then and then what Lewis calls this this uh, love itself, which we were really meant to experience. <clears throat> so there are these natural cravings, such as intimate relationships, delicious food, warm summer vacations, right, close companions, all these things that we we like and and are good. Um, but when they are substituted for God himself, they become wrong and what I mean by this is um, is the the desire to be loved is not love itself, though it can be very strong and it 's a natural feeling and it 's a good feeling it 's good if, if you don 't have the desire to be loved that 's uh that's alarming, right? And, and I, I've been in that place before in my life, and I'm sure you've wrestled with that place. You're like, I, just, I don't really desire it anymore. I've been hurt, maybe. <clears throat> the other is the delight in being loved, and actually being loved, is also not love itself. And that's important to know, because this is the reason why we get sidetracked so much, is because we, we experience love in one way or the other, uh, maybe, maybe we find somebody that we really love and they love us in return and so we feel loved. And, and we're like, okay, that is love itself. And, but it's not. And, and it's similar to this. And I, I know you've probably eaten at a buffet before, right? It's, it's similar to that feeling of getting so full, you're like, I could never eat another bite in my life. Right? But what happens? Right? Yeah, then you go get dessert. I wasn't going to say that, but that's perfect. Yes, that's true. Then you go get dessert. Because you can have more, right? Where <laughs> your metabolism burns it off, right? Because why? Because you're not in love. You're not in this love of God that Jesus is calling you to. This, this enveloping, this wrapping, where it doesn't depend upon you. And this is the beautiful thing about the love of God. And this is what you see here in the end where it says, Jesus says, "You didn't choose me; I chose you." Right? And it—it's it, this crippling of us. And this is why we don't naturally desire the love of God. We naturally desire lust, lesser loves because we don't naturally admit that we are worthy, uh, unworthy. Sorry, unworthy of this infinite love of God. We want to we keep offering something. We want to pretend like we're not reflections. And I think it's what the moon does, right? The moon probably is in denial of, of just being a reflection of the sun. And that's really what we are, right? We're these people that are constantly being like, I'm not, at my best, I'm not, I'm not just a reflection of the love of God, right? I I have this, I have within me this, power plant of love that just needs to get kick-started. And then, and then, I, enclosed within myself, I am capable of love. Right? And that's what you hear in songs, that's what you hear everywhere, right? You just, oh, you just need to work harder. Just love harder. Right? And you're like, mmm, like I can't do it. Right? I just keep hating this person. Right? And you're just frustrated and... (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> you're not meant to, right? By yourself, truly at your best, you are only a reflection of the love of God, right? And you seem to get polished up more, right? So you cannot just be in the love of God, be- begin in some faint way reflecting the love of God onto other people. Because <laughs> at our best, this is what it will turn into. I would be happier if I only... Married a different man or woman. I would be happier if so-and-so liked me. I would be happier if this event happened in my life. I would be happier if I got the respect I deserved. Right? And that's usually how we go about it, right? If only this person respected me, right? Then, I would be happy, right? (laughs) And so we like to set that up. And you will never be satisfied by that. You will never be, right? Because we pretend that if, if only that happened, then, then that burning ember within me that is love way deep down inside would just be ignited. And, and then I would just be able to go on. And that's not true. What's true is Jesus' call, remain in my love. And if you do not remain in my love, you will not be satisfied. <laughs> that is... And it's this, it's this really uh, hard realization for us. And, and it's what Peter went through when, when he kept telling Jesus their whole time together, Jesus, I will do anything for you. You can count on me. I am your right-hand man. Uh, you know, if you are in a pinch, Jesus... And then he denies Jesus three times, right? Right? And then, then this is the conversation he has with Jesus. And this is really important. Is Jesus says to him, Jesus, sorry, Peter, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me like God loves? Agape, that's what he said. And this is what Peter responds to him. He says, Jesus, I love you like a brother. I love you phileo. That's the Greek. And Jesus asked him again, Do you love me, Peter? Like you always had told me you loved me, which is the love of God, which is from yourself, just freely giving. And Peter says, Jesus, you know all things. You know that I can only love you like a brother. And Jesus asked him for a third time. Jesus, He says, Peter, do you love me like a brother? And Peter says, that's all I can do. I can just love you like a brother. All right, so Peter... After his three denials, it says he went out and he wept bitterly. And why? He wept bitterly because of the realization that he could not love Jesus like Jesus deserved to be loved. Right? And it's not just that, but you'll get in times in your life, in relationships you have, when you're like, I just cannot love like I need to or want to or should love. I just, I can't do that. I I can only love you to the best of my ability. And frankly, it just isn't good enough, right? And so the call of Jesus is, right, is this. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, all you who have tried for so long just to love from whatever you have. Come to me and be refreshed because for your whole life, you were meant to be filled up with my love, Right? And this is what we get here. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for a friend. And so the third point is to die. Right? The first is to remain. The second is to experience joy there. But it comes through an interesting thing. And that is, that is dying. And, and what I mean by that is... In Galatians 2.20 it says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So, in this earthly body, by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And so, it's this reversal of roles where where all along, when we we thought, we, we just had to love people with the best of our ability. What Jesus is asking for is something completely different. And what he's asking for is first to trust in him, um, to trust in the Son of God who loved and gave himself up for me. But in that, there's a certain death that has to happen. And the the death is the death that Peter died (coughs) when he denied Jesus three times and realized, Jesus, I cannot love you like you want me to love you. There has to be be that death. If you finally come to the point of saying, God, I, I need to abide in your love. God, I, this is what I need. I need to be found in your love. And when you can come to that point of admitting that is the only place where love can begin, then, from that death, then the life of Christ can live through you. I'm going to reflect very beautifully. Because um, I think we spend so much time not getting to that point because we have a fear of being discovered. Right? And uh, the fear of discovery is that maybe someone will realize that I'm I'm not maybe as good at loving as as people think I am. Right? And I and I want, I'll just be the first to say, like, I, I want to stand before you guys and say that. Um, that if, if you think, um, I love naturally well, I don't. Um, I pray so much that I could care for the people that come in our doors on a weekly basis. Right? And there, cause there's been times in my life where I've tried to pretend like I just am a caring person. <laughs> um, <laughs> it probably sounds bad, but it is. Because um, I don't, I don't have the ability to love everyone who comes in here. At best, I'm a reflection of Christ. Right? And this is what it looks like. Um, I, I, was a, I was in a wedding once, and <laughs> I've been in a couple of weddings. And, and this is a reading they had, and I asked them to send it to me because I think it describes it well. It says, Everyone longs to give themselves completely to someone to have a deep soul relationship with another, to be loved thoroughly and exclusively. But God says, No, not until you're satisfied and fulfilled and content with living, loved by me alone and giving yourself totally and unreservedly to me, to have an intensely personal and unique relationship with me alone. I love you, my child, and until you discover that only in me is your satisfaction to be found, you will not be capable of the perfect human relationship that I have planned for you. You will never be united with another until you are united with me. Exclusively. Exclusive of anyone or anything else. Exclusive of any other desire or belonging. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't look around at the things you think you want. Just keep looking off and away to me or you will miss what I have to show you. And dear one, I want you to have this wonderful love. I want you to see in the flesh a picture of your relationship with me, to enjoy materially and concretely the everlasting union of perfect beauty and love that I offer you with myself. No, I love you. I am God. Believe and be satisfied. And that that really is, is it. And 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 I still find it in my own heart, this wrestling with that because I want to say, no, God, I can do it. Right? I, I, I'm saying this, really. Like, this isn't me. I tell God, and I still feel it in my heart. This desire to say, say, no, God. Um, even without you, God, I can have a pretty good relationship. And that, that is the naivety that I talked about at the beginning is, is though, though, the moral majority keeps having scandalous sex affairs and though people we look to, though the movies we watch that have these ideal romances, the next magazine that comes out will expose them of having wrecked relationships, right? Though constantly these things come out <laughs> over and over again with we'll still have this naivety of pulling back and saying, no, just let me try it again. No, please, just let me, I got it this time. Right? Over and over again and it's this it's weird. Because we, we hold to this hope that somewhere inside of me I have the capability to love unconditionally and to love everybody. Well, I just love every, if everyone just loved everyone in the world then the world would be a better place. <laughs> well, the world can't do that. Right? And so John 15. We're going to go through this again. Remain. Right. Where when the world says love, they don't even know where love comes from. You ask them what love is, and they'll just tell you, Well, love is love. It's the many splendid things. <laughs> All you need is love. You'd be like, what does that mean? And so here the Bible is saying, What is love? Love begins. Love is love comes from God. Begin there. That's where you have to begin if you can ever expect to love well. Remain in my love. And you're going to have to fight for it. Because you will... Once you start... Once you start loving, you'll start going, well, maybe I can do this by myself. <laughs> right? And then you, you'll take it on. And then and all of a sudden you'll be like, how did, this, how did I get injured? And how does this other person get injured all of a sudden? Right? So begin here. I, I pray for you guys, and I pray for myself, that we will remain in the love of God and not leave. Not think about leaving. Just trust Him. Right? Say, God, I will... I just want to be loved by You. And God, I want You to, I want you to clean me so I can be a reflection of Your love. And then joy comes. Why? Because we're just there. Because we have a place, right? Where's my place? My place is being loved by God. That's my place. That's a happy place to be. But there will be there will be a death, right? The third point. A death that will happen over and over again as yourself keeps trying to spring back up and be like, no, I can do it now, you know? I can move out of the love of God. I can move out and, and try to create my own love and... <laughs> and it won't work. <coughs> so as, as Paul said, and he says, not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. I, I, that's really our prayer. And, um, and this is what we were created for. It can be the most foreign thing to us. So, my prayer for you guys is just to remain, abide, stay, in the love of God. And, and so how do we then say to others, I love you, right? And I can confuse because we're like, what is that I? Uh, oh no, am I relying on myself? <laughs> right? Well, how we can say that is because of just the, the place where we're beginning from. Where are you beginning from? And this is cool, guys. this is really awesome, because I struggle in my own life <coughs> developing convictions. I do. Um, but when I have a beginning that helps a lot, right? A place where where I don't move back any further, a place that I, I know my... Sur- I'm, I then can see my surroundings, right? Why? Because, because my, my foundation is in. The love of God who expressed himself in Jesus Christ who gave himself for me and then is calling me to do the same for other people. So begin there. <clears throat> um, I'll pray for us and then we'll sing some more. Um, but I encourage you guys, just, just think long and hard what it means to just remain and remain in his love um, and then to enjoy that. So bow your heads with me, please, and we'll, we'll pray. Oh, Father, I thank you that, that your word is um, true and, and you gave it to us just to, <coughs> to understand things that we, we couldn't figure out by ourselves. And I pray, Father, that uh, you would, by your power, just help us to, uh, to understand these things and begin living in them. Um, for us who have lived maybe so long just trying to find that, that spark deep down within us that we can, we can ignite to love better rather than just coming to you and, and admitting we need you to love. Oh God, I, I pray again like I prayed earlier that if there's anything that's hindering us right now from coming um, just to be loved by you, I pray that you will, in your might and your power, you take that away. So we can fall in love with Jesus, and from that, be so much better at loving other people. God, I pray this in your powerful name. Amen.